Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Introducing the Dunkin' Run. A dollar donut with any medium coffee. A whole new era of... I'm going on a Dunkin' Run. You want anything? Yeah, maybe a jelly donut and an iced coffee. You got it. Ooh, wait, actually glazed donut and a hot coffee. Mm. Okay, <clears throat> back on track. Make it a Dunkin' Run. Get a $1 donut with any medium coffee. America runs on Dunkin'. Exclude specialty donuts and fancies. Offer valid on medium or larger coffees. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Welcome into On My Block, the Green Bay Packer podcast with your host. I'm your host, Amon Green, and along with my good friend and pal, Mike Wall. Mike, how you doing, man? We're all doing great. I got a new microphone today. I'm very excited. You see the headphones? I trying see to, with the headphones. Yeah, see, you're always wearing them. You're not wearing them today, but you're always wearing no. them. So I was like, I got to up my game. So we basically flipped roles because I was like, you know what? Mike always wears the earbuds. I'm going to put my earbuds in. <laughs> I'll tell you what happened is we you so for those who don't know you and I talked to a producer at, at Believe last week and he gives like gets on the phone or whatever and he's like he's like you need to go buy this microphone and this this headphone and headphones and basically he was just telling me that I I look terrible and I sound like crap and uh, <laughs> so I like, all right I'll okay. go there. oh that's funny that's funny yeah I just thought I'd try it out because I'm like on the road I haven't used them before I do have a pair of headsets like what you have on I could just. Yeah. Run downstairs, plug them in, and go at it. But I was like, you know what? Let me. This is I like one the episode. airplane. I, this actually does the the sound is. This is getting boring, but the sound is better. But the the, I, I, the airport the airport's convenience is nice. Right, right. This does sound yeah. better though. Gotcha, gotcha. You wanna uh, get into our uh, bet online sponsor read there? Buddy? Let's do it, man. Because we have some. We do have some good bets uh, coming up. We do with the NBA finals, and 
you know, our partners at Better Line continue to be the number one source for all your betting and sports betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA Finals, the NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball fights, even next season's NFL futures, which is which is actually you think about it at this far out. This is where you actually make a lot of money. Yeah, right? you start start placing bets now. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wager needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device and join and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. AG, I wanted to hit this real quick because you go up on the sports prop bets right for the NBA Finals. I don't know about right. you, but I'm really excited about the Warriors-Celtics Finals. I think it's going to be No, I'm excited series. too. Yeah, like, it's, it's going to be a solid series. A solid series. It's going to be a great series, but right now, They've got like 34 things that you can bet on points per game. You can obviously bet on, you know, the over-under for the entire team winning in the series. But, I mean, right. you look at this. You look at some of these things, man, like Celtics average three-pointers per game, 13 and a half made, field, made three-pointers. They got Andrew Wiggins on here. Draymond Green over-under seven and a half for Draymond. You think about Draymond yeah. Green's an all-star. Like, he's that caliber player. Right. Like he's over-under points per game is seven and a half. That's kind of nuts, right? Yeah, that's crazy. So... Yeah. I'll tell you what, there's there's some good stuff on here. Check it out. Bet online AG. Uh, you will not be disappointed. Not not one bit. Is uh I'd say, like you said, get in early now for NFL stuff, futures, and then like for these finals, man. You got both teams, Celtics and Golden State playing at high levels. Both of their, you know, all their players, their key leaders, Stephon Curry. Um, was that uh what's well, a smart that's the defensive player of the year. They're they're all at top of their game right now, and they got beat up a little bit in the second series. The series getting into here, the semifinals, but now they're like coming around being super healthy. So that right there makes the the betting uh, odds and just watching as fans for us is like this is gonna be a good series. This is gonna be something like back in the day where we used to watch between Larry Bird, Michael, Michael uh, Magic Johnson, Michael yeah. Jordan, Magic Johnson, like those series, like going back and forth. Maybe a whole, so. a whole a whole game series, a yeah, whole I seven series. I mean. Hey, do you watch? Do you watch soccer? The Champions League finals this weekend. It was a it was a monster game. It's yeah. I, I caught some highlights. I yeah, did so, catch uh, some rugby seven for the first time. Yeah. And, well, we wow. know we we love rugby sevens, but but yeah. uh, the Champions League that's pretty much the big. I mean, aside from the World Cup every four years, Champions League's the biggest sporting event um, on the soccer side, right? Really, every year, and and so it was it was Real Madrid finally beat Liverpool one zero. So Real Madrid's won fourteen. I think 14 European titles now, which is like double the, the next closest guy there. I mean, their team's the best wow. team in the world, the best program in the world. It's unbelievable. And uh, I had so my predictions for 2022 so far, because I'm going to get online. With, I'm going to get with Bet Online AG because they're a partner and, and I'm going to see what I can get as a parlay. So right. I, I, I did have Real Madrid winning the Champions League, but now I and I have the Warriors. I have the Packers winning the Super Bowl finally. And then my World Cup bet, because it's a World Cup year, is, is I actually think Brazil is going to is going to win the World Cup now. That that's probably the hardest one to guess yeah. because there's you just don't know who's going to show up, who's going to get injured from between here and there. But that's mm-hmm. the fun of a parlay. So I wonder what you think. I, I I think I can get some good money. I know I've, I have some favorites there, but par, from a parlay standpoint, but I should be able to if I can get all three of those. Yeah, dollars. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna invest some money on this bet. I, I can see you doing that. Uh, the areas you're betting NBA you know, finals, and then uh, you said the soccer as well with Brazil, and I say that's a solid bet, knowing them their history. And just watching, I say now for me, I just got to, you know, make sure I stay up on it and pay attention to to the uh, international soccer scene, which I've seen that I've seen a little bit. I know the Packers, I think it's just this July. They haven't um, somebody come to Lambeau Field. I think it's like July 23rd. They haven't. 
one so of the, the two yeah the international from. yeah the international games are, are going to be played there so the guy that so and originally they used to all the teams used to tour here in the preseason thing to make money like chelsea come in yeah friendly like, friendly games like preseason yeah. games yeah but then what happened was um the owner of Stephen ross uh, he owns uh, the dolphins through rsc ventures so rsc ventures is, is a private equity company focused on sports uh, sports related events and, and mm-hmm. technology and whatnot and he started i forgot what he called it maybe the international cup but he started right. bringing over like two teams now four then eight and then all of a sudden it's this big deal and I think he's started moving it, not just from Miami, but now it's all over the country. It's actually all over the world. It's, it's become right. a pretty big deal. He actually is what, the first person to get a Clasico, which is Barca versus Real Madrid, outside of like the normal three times they play during the year. So right. it's, it's, it's a fun event. We went to a bunch of games in Miami. If you haven't been to a major international soccer team with like, you know, NFL level athletes, it's insane to watch, man. The, like the, the, the precision, accuracy, the speed of the game is really, really fun. I say the closest I came to watching an international game in person is when I went to Barcelona with a friend of mine at a tech conference. Mm-hmm. And I looked outside my hotel window and I saw a high school, looked like high school level, maybe college level kids playing soccer. And not one time did the soccer ball touch the ground before it went into the goal. Yeah, they're amazing. I was like, this is, I was like, is that a high school? I went down to the, you know, to the concierge. I said, just uh, just got a question. Is this a high school or a college? Uh, I'm from America, and they're like, okay, yeah, no, it's a, our high school level school. I'm like, that's a high school, and yeah. she was like, why? You asked. I said, well, I just I watched a little like practice soccer game, and the ball never literally touched the ground one or two sessions before it went into the goal. I'm just like, I'm impressed. I said, that's impressive right there. <laughs> oh man, so yeah, it, yeah, they, they 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 play that thing from the time they're walking and talking. But uh, let's get into this uh, Packer talk in terms of. Alan Lazard, okay, he got offered back in the early part of offseason his uh, tenure, tender mm-hmm. going into his fourth year in the league and has not yet said yes to it, hasn't agreed to any terms yet. So it's just interesting, you know, from our point of view. And a question that we, uh, you know, we ask and it's why should he not sign a deal now? And then uh, how the hell is a is a third round tender four million dollars? That's our two questions. That's, yeah. So I, I would say answer those in reverse order. Right. When I was, I think I was, I got a third round tender. It was like five hundred grand. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. Correct. Well, four million dollars for a third round tender. I don't know how, what metrics they're using these days, dude. That is a lot of dough for a third round tender. It's this. Infl- it's what you know. Inflation. It oh is, my it's, god, though. There's it, inflation, and then there's yes. NFL inflation, and NFL inflation is awesome. Like it's, it's exactly, if I was Alan Lazar, so, so the, the only thing we could think of here, right. Is given the situation in the room, given the fact mm-hmm. that he's the, he's basically, I don't know, has the best numbers of anybody who's returning to the team as far as receptions last year. Oh, uh, I'll say between him, Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, no, 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 experience but, too. But, he, but here, but I'm talking Correct. about here, here. Last, yeah, he, last yeah, year, yeah, he has more. He's having, yep. he has that year, what you could call a breakout year. You could say, okay, if anybody's going to, if anybody, is going to take over the mantle. Most people are pointing to him because of Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb are older. Christian right. Watson's his first year. So if you're thinking who's going to be the alpha dog here for the year, as far as this 2022 season, who's right. going to make the most receptions. I think a lot of money would might be on Alan Lazard plus his importance in the run game and everything else he brings to the table. So you wonder if, I wonder if he's getting bad business advice and saying, Hey, we need to hold out and do like some kind of longer term deal or do something like, do something that doesn't like to me really doesn't make sense. This to me, you've got this opportunity to make $4 million, right? And 
potentially be the number one guy here. And then you have no idea how much money you're going to make, ne- whatever the thing next thing is, because you're going to get franchised, in which case that's a gazillion dollars, right? Or, or, yeah, or you're going to get one of these, you know, 25 to $30 million contracts. Is he going to get that right now? Absolutely not. No. Could he get that in a year if he has 116 receptions? Yeah, yes. he could. And so, like, for me, this always kind of blows my mind. And we're speculating here yeah. because we don't know how it's – and there's a lot of guys that are missing from OTAs, right? The list from OTAs is uh, Rodgers, Jair Alexander, Sammy Watkins, Rashawn Gary, Al Lazard, Preston Smith, Rasul Douglas, and Mercedes Lewis. And mm-hmm. just to be clear with everybody, Matt LaFleur says to veterans, you don't have to be here. Some guys will show up because they have uh, – we've talked about it before. Yeah, that, roster that bonuses. They'll have roster bonuses or workout bonuses, which is basically saying, like, yeah, you don't have to be here, but we want you here if you want to get paid. Right. Which that's a whole other – we've talked about that ad nauseum. But – so it's not that big of a deal that he's not here. I mean, the quarterback's not here, so what does it matter if he's there as long as he's going to get better somewhere else? But right. $4 million, like, like sign, I, to me, I'm like – I couldn't sign it fast enough and yeah. just go prove $4 million to go prove that I'm worth 25. Oh, okay. Love right. it. Love the opportunity. Right. And and that's my mindset too. I'm like, as soon as they dropped that on the table, whatever it was, March or April, I'm looking over it. I'm running through the fine print or having my agent doing, or both of us doing it together. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. Because then for me, I'm already confident in what I did last year. Mm-hmm. Devonte Adams gone. So my, my catches, my targets is going to increase automatically with that. Because I'm basically one, two guy, number one guy, because obviously Sammy Watkins is going to have a learning curve. Uh, Randall Cobb just has to stay healthy. Um, but we know he's going to be most likely the number two. And then the younger guys, they all have learning curves. Watson, Dobbs, they all have to get into this team, get comfortable with everything, they, and then get comfortable with Aaron. You know, Aaron, as we know, dictates the, to the receivers, like, I, I will throw it to you because you're catching my balls pretty much. And that's been something from the time he – Got that Super Bowl ring, and then you know, earn his his uh, MVPs, and then earn the status he's at. That's where among the receivers they know that catch the ball, number twelve is gonna come to you. Um, so I'm with you 100. He needs to uh, sign this thing sooner or later, and it might be some bad business advice from an agent talking. Hey, we need to hold out, but I'm like, there's no leverage here. You don't have a ton. You have one good solid year, and that you like you said, your your uh, his percentage and what he does with the run game. That's what he has. So to, to them and even to us, as we understand negotiating to, to terms and tools and uh, leverage, mm-hmm. leverage is not a whole lot. So, yeah, he needs to get in there. Um, does he have to show up? No, he just got to sign that tender, get ready for training camp and then yeah. put this behind you and then get ready for the 2022 season. So he, he might be he might be down in Florida working out with with, with all those other receivers. You know, and, and that's and that's great. Like we love that. We've talked that's about good. It before. You look at the you look at the list of people that aren't there because they're out working on their own. That's kind of the who's who. I mean, if Kenny Clark was on that list, which I know he missed like one day because he missed the, the flight or whatever. But right. if he was on that list, I'd be like, oh, all your best players are working out somewhere else. That's weird. Right. But <laughs> right. I mean, truthfully, but yeah. like Lazard, you know, if he has any, if he has any leverage whatsoever, it would just be that foundationally he had a kind of year last year where you go, okay, we can see him. We can project him being a hundred, hundred uh, reception receiver this year. Right. Um, and just knowing that they drafted Christian, like Christian Watson's that guy. We talked about it before. When you go to a small school and then all of a sudden you come out of the small school at six, five, running a four, three. Right. All, you got to right. be like, OK, this guy's probably got a lot of the, those intangible qualities that I really, really want on my team. Yep. And he could be a star. So I, for me, it would just be about, dude, I'm going to get as good as I can. Thank you for paying me four million dollars or three point nine, eight million, whatever it is. I'm going to get as good as I can. 
I'm going to show up. I already know the route. I already know everything that Aaron wants me to do. I'm only going to be better and I'm going to get paid next off season because I earned it with everything I did. I don't need anything else. I don't need to think about anything else. It's my fourth year. I don't need to be worrying about money. I don't need to be worried about anything, but being the best version of myself, I don't need extra incentive. I don't want a two-year deal. I want a one-year deal. I'm going to bet on myself. Let's go get paid. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he has, hopefully he comes around and gets that uh tender sign. If not, we'll see. He just on a, you know, have a little bump in the road. Uh, for himself going into this season. So when we get into uh, the next topic here, so we uh, flipped the side. It says, what? It says, we do learn mm-hmm. by watching, you know, doing something and then watching something. And that's basically, you know, describing how we break down film and then we go to the practice field for a walkthrough or a full practice. So if there is interaction that you cannot get elsewhere, that is good. So that means working with, you know, the best players at your position, you know, from other teams. And uh, we talked about a lot on this show. So for myself, um, something I did, I said, I, well, the way I learned most is doing exactly that. Um, but I had to definitely instantly, once I see it on the chalkboard, the video monitor, we go over it. Then it's like, all right, now I got to go to the field or it's not going to stick right. or, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve for me if I don't get to something that I really didn't understand. And now I get it. Now I just need to, you know, relate it to now physical movement to, you know, see where I got to plant my foot, see where I got to put my hand. For me, that's how I learn best. And all my coaches, once the, the good ones, Edgar, um, Sly, once they understood that, they're like, all right, let's get AG to the field and, you know, we'll do it in warm up or do it right before we do this, you know, nine on seven drill to set up to make sure I understand where the cutback is at on a 92 blast, something like that. So that was, I know for me, what about yourself? Well, yeah, the way I, I was kind of thinking about this, cause I saw I, Kenny Clark's there and he's kind of teaching that white kid, a couple of things like hand moves and everything. And, and you know, I just mm-hmm. started thinking about, you know, obviously the best way to learn anything is by doing it. And then the second best way is to watch film of yourself doing it and kind of figuring out what's right or wrong and doing that with an expert. If you're not the expert yourself, got understanding, you know, like you said, where the cutback lane is, what your footwork should be like, et cetera. Cause that's the only way you can really kind of refine off of the field. Mm-hmm. But I do, you, we do see the inherent value. Like I, I, I'm always pro like go work out wherever the best place is for you to get as good as you can. But mm-hmm. I do see the inherent value of like people coming together and working on this stuff. Right. So like if, Kenny Clark is there and why it can get better for by, by going through drills with Kenny Clark and seeing what he sees and watching film with him. I think there's value there. It's just my, my whole point is like, it doesn't always have to be in that spot. When you talk about learning styles, you know, there's audio learners, visual, you know, we got to write it down. You got to teach it. There's kinesthetic learners. Yeah. You got to be work, moving around. And we're mostly kinesthetic learners. So like to your point, we let's go do it. Let's watch it on tape or let's learn it on the grease board and then watch it on tape. But at some point, we have to walk through it. We have to we have to talk and walk through the motions. We have to understand exactly what's going to go on. But at, all, at the end of every progression, we have to be able to do it live because mm-hmm. it hits different when you're doing it live, it right? Is. And that's and that's the thing I think for me when we start talking about like OTAs, for example, is I want to do something even if it's in a one-on-one situation. I want to do something live. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to go out there and work. I want to go. I want to put my. I want to put my work in on the on the chalkboard. I want to put my work in the film room. I want to go walk through, do my through progression stack training. But at, yeah. at the end of that, I want to do something live. I think. It, I think there's inherent value of being live in that moment. Yeah, because it goes from a progression of that's why it's a walkthrough. You know, you go through your steps. The linemen always watch y'all take y'all first three four steps coming off the ball in a walkthrough. Mm-hmm. And for us, the same thing. You come out your stance. It's 92 blast, 98 handoff solid. I take those first three steps to see where my alignment and my foot are pointing to the outside one yard, outside hip of that in man on the line. If it's a tackle or if it's the tight end, 
you know, then I see it a little bit crisper. So then once the live, we go full tilt, there's no thinking. It's just all the body is reacting to the movement that we put our body and our footwork puts us in the right position. You know, so that is something that is, uh, I say a lot of players, this is the time to do that because if you try to do it a week before training camp, you, you, you didn't, didn't maximize your time. You got to start doing it now, you know, go back a month, go back to April, maybe March, even on your own. Cause that's nothing where you're going to really, you're not obviously sitting there and watching film. You're not going to break a sweat. Uh, you're not going to risk a chance of getting hurt. Same thing with then going through a walkthrough, you know, walking through different movements from every position that you're at, from the position you're at, you know, for all positions, they have their early stages of pace, walk through or walk this, you know, just talk through it really slow and then eventually grade it up, speed it up. All right, now let's jog through. Now let's get it through. Now let's go 100% speed because then you start to really understand and feel it because it's obviously this is a physical game. And once you feel it, like how much, how fast I got to go out of that break to come to this, to get settled on my 18-yard comeback, what that feels like at a full speed pace and what I want that DB to do to make him think I'm going over top. So then I could, I could plant hard, turn around, hands up, and what all that feels at slow pace speed to then 100% speed. So Yeah, mo- movements movements turn into, into techniques. You add decisions, you equal skill. Like it's, it's, it's real simple, right? You, yeah. The best players in the world are best decision makers. You can't do that unless you automate your technique. You got to build it up from somewhere. This is a great time to do it. And, and AG, you were always a really kind of high level player from day one. So I don't know if you ever experienced this, but I, I remember coming into camp with guys that I knew had more raw talent than I did, but I just, I was like, man, you didn't even work this off season. Like you have no, <laughs> yes. you know what I mean? You just have, yeah. no, like you have no chance. It could be on the defensive line. Or it could be on the offensive line, but I just look at him like you have no chance of beating me because you're not willing to put the work in. And we yeah. we sometimes equate movement with like movement or activity with good honest work, and it's not the same, is it? No, no, it's not the same. I mean, it was for us that had been doing it, like you and I and other players on our team that had all season regimens and where they would go. You would see it in the first day of practice. You either see it oh for a big guy, it was easy to see. You know, he got a little heavier. Uh, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker too. You can see all. And then when you start running, because some of these drills that we do, 907 and uh, 707, even though it's just helmets for our time, it was just mm-hmm. helmets. Um, it's still full tilt. And you see right away, okay, so-and-so is a little off a beat, you know, a little bit here. He's not doing this. He's not at this pace that he was even during the beginning of last season or as the season ended because we lost in the playoffs or what have you. So that's the things that we see as players. And then the coaches are watching the same thing. So then – that's what I remember before, like I mentioned, I mentioned this on a show before about OTAs is like any player over six years is like, why are we here? But I understood from a coaching standpoint, I get it. Yeah. Y'all want to see what type of shape we're in. If we're holding up, I get it. I say, but for me, it doesn't make sense because you better, I better be in shape. I already know how this thing works. If I'm not in shape now, training camp is going to be a little work because I'm going to have to make sure I impress the coaches and I gained their trust. Oh, Amon looks good. He's in shape. He's running hard. He didn't look like this in May. He didn't look at, the, at, at he didn't look like this in the June mini camps or OTA. So make sure you do that. And the guys sometimes they get caught in uh, whatever their off season goes, uh, how it goes, and lose that sight. You know, so you don't want to uh, be that guy, basically. So moving on to uh, we want to talk about the, the 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 teams in the NFC North, what they are, what they looking like now, and then pick. Our divisional winners. So not I say the NFC, excuse me, the whole NFC, North, South, East, and West. And we got some interesting looking at like the whole division. 
Mm-hmm. It was what was it? The Packers. I think it was the, the NFC North division was the only one. I'm not, I'm not actually, you know, I'll take that back. It was three divisions: NFC North. I think it was the NFC South. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the NFC NFC North. NFC uh, South and the NFC East, where it was clearly we knew who was winning this last year. <laughs> there was no debate. Um, the NFC West was the one that was actually beating each other up, you know, between the Cardinals, the Rams, the 49ers, and the Seahawks. Seahawks being the team, obviously, that was kind of out from a while there. But the 49ers, the Cardinals, the Rams, they were in the fight until the last divisional game for that team, for those teams. But for every other division, they were wrapped up, you know, in terms of conference winner who won the division who's going to be this seed in the playoffs was determined a lot early for the North, the South and the East. So for uh, this upcoming season, we know it's been big draft picks. Uh, Detroit had a first round draft pick in their division, you know, for that team. And then uh, Chicago lost, uh, what's his name? Uh, can't think of it right now. Matt Cleo, Matt. Yep. Matt to, to the Chargers. So Mike, where do you start on this uh, picking winners? Uh, for well, this upcoming season. I mean, I don't even know if we're going to need to waste our time on the NFC North. Like, I feel, I mean, <laughs> the Packers are going to win the NFC North. There's no other good teams. I mean, right. there's really, uh, there really isn't. The Lions, listen, the biggest news of the day is Aiden Hutchinson's sister won like Miss, Miss Michigan or something like that today. Like, that's the biggest win the Lions probably got all the offseason after getting Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson himself, right? Right. It might run in the family having a good year. Yeah. I know? mean, <laughs> yeah, it just, it, it just bet me by one of those things. But I, yeah, you don't see the Bears doing anything special this year. Like, we're all rooting for Justin Fields. He might be, you know, he might turn out to be a great quarterback, but it's, it's a new coach, new system, new everything. Again, offensive line still has issues. Minnesota Vikings, you know, I, you're going to have to prove to me that Kirk Cousins is going to beat Aaron Rodgers to for a division title. You're going to have to, you know, yeah. you're going to, have to pry that out of my dead hands. But uh, let, let, let's just talk. Let's just talk about probably the most interesting division, which is the NFC West. Yeah. Obviously, the Seahawks. You know, nobody wants to hear this because everybody's a Russell Wilson fan. But net net, they might actually be better this year, uh, just because they gained draft picks, they drew some capital, their offensive line got some reinforcement, they brought in uh, the, the the kid from uh, Southern or Old Miss to. Uh, or Mississippi Correct. State, excuse me, uh, Mississippi yeah. State to play left left tackle. I mean, they've got they got some talent now. <clears throat> so, even though they got rid of Russell Wilson, they weren't winning with Russell Wilson. Pete Carroll doesn't like to run that kind of offense. A lot mm-hmm. of their, you know, maybe the biggest loss they had was Bobby Wagner. But you know, net net, I don't know if they're going to be. I don't know if they're reloading or if they're rebuilding. You know, I I, I tend to think mm-hmm. they're reloading because I I really believe that Pete Carroll and John Schneider have a great thing going. Right. But, the, the 49ers, listen, for me, we just saw the Aaron Donalds, you know, is he going to retire? Is he not? That's probably a leverage deal as far as like getting a bigger contract because he's the best player of his generation. Right. But if he doesn't play, that's a whole different team. I think everybody knows that. Like they don't have a defense. Oh, yeah. Jalen Ramsey's great. Their defense is not a top 10 defense without, not a top 15 nah. defense without Aaron, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is, is so disruptive. I, I cannot overemphasize what a disruptive player he is. They're great on they're great on offense. OBJ, you know, getting hurt was a it was a big deal. Obviously, they're going to get um, they're going to get Brooks back, so they're going to have they're going to have weapons. But mm-hmm. for me, San Francisco's the, the the class of the league. Like I don't even want to talk about Arizona. Like I think the way their quarterback's been handling business here is a problem. I think yeah, it'll leak into the there's season. a little distraction. Definitely right, Cl- distraction. Cliff Kingsbury has proven that like in the second half of the season, literally everywhere he's been, they don't win a lot of games. So again, it's just kind of you got to prove it. But I don't know about you, man, but San Francisco, they seem ripe to just be good. If Debo Samuel decides he's going to come back and play, then right. I still think they have the best talent, you know, across the board, offensive and defense. 
They're well coached. They have a, a really, really unique offensive mind. I think of their head coach. They have a, they, yes, they, they, they run a yeah, really good I'm offensive no line. Yeah. I mean, they, Lincoln Tomlinson's <laughs> gone. It was a left guard. They're going to have to fill that position, but Trent Williams is still the baddest dude in the business. So I just think of George Kittle, you know, I mean, they got, they had just have talent everywhere. And now they have not one, but two quarterbacks. And right. Jimmy Garoppolo, they might just, we don't know that that other kid's going to play. I know everyone says like, oh, third, third pick in the draft, he's got to play. Dude, Jimmy G is really good. If, they, if it's an open competition, he can take him to the Super Bowl just like he did two years ago. Yeah, I agree. He's a guy that has the experience, you know, coming from New England, and he understands the how that how you have to carry yourself as a quarterback. And he understands the business side of this thing. And so he knows, I just got to continue to play good football and be a good quarterback, be a solid quarterback. And for Trey Lance, if he doesn't get in there, he's another year that he has to sit and watch a good quarterback, which is not a bad thing. I mean, to be right. on the shelf for a few years as a quarterback is, you know, it, it, the fans don't realize how that reaps rewards because you look at a Dante Culpepper, you look at a Pat Mahomes sit on the shelf for two to three years and they come out a little bit more sharper than if somebody, if they got to go in there right away and all that pressure is on top of them. Cause when a first round draft pick quarterback says, and, and you know, the team says basically you got to be our savior. That's a whole lot of pressure that that young player cannot handle. And then along with just being a regular quarterback, now only being an NFL quarterback, all that, that pressure, like I mentioned, you know, they talking about winning, you know, winning just one game, but then winning the division, winning all that comes into it. So Trey having Jimmy, good combination. And I agree with you offensively. I love him. Elijah, the young running back, Elijah Mitchell, he runs for his size, not a big back, but runs hard. He dropped his shoulder. He makes things happen. And we already know what Debo Samuel can do. And Brian Ayuk, uh, Brandon, excuse me, Brandon Ayuk, another up and coming young receiver, a guy that definitely number two to Debo, but in terms of the offense and then obviously D Ford, um, Armstead still, you know, Bosa call coming back, ready to go. Everybody's going to be healthy come the game week one in the NFL. So it's going to be, you know, a, 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 I say something to see. And I, like you, like I mentioned, be knowing Kyle, being with him for a few years when he was at his beginning stages of running and coordinating offense, being an offensive coordinator in here in Houston back in 08. I saw then what he kind of what he kind of took from his dad you know, using different personnel in different in different areas of the field to take advantage of the run game or have something where you have a run game, but also you have a, a passing attack as well through the same formation. So that was something that I saw early here, you know, being a, a Texan, you know, while he was you know, conducting things. So, you know, it's it, it's going to be, you know, you got these, the, you know, Detroit, the, uh, the Lions, the Vikings, all kind of, you know, because Vikings got a new coaching staff too. They got another head coach coming in. So it's going to be some, you know, a little delayed of, of where that competition level is. The one thing is the Packers open with the Vikings today in week one. So we're going to see right away where that team is at. They have the, obviously they have the players, but now it's just see if a Kirk Cousins can be, you know, better or at least be good to win. And then see if that, how they adapt to that coaching staff, because, you know, that new coaching staff, we all we already know how that sometimes takes time for players to adjust to the new coaching scheme and, uh, offensively and defensively uh, side of the ball. So uh, next question, moving on here to uh, let's see here. So we got Packers and the Saints uh, doing a joint training camp practices for their preseason game. I believe it's the second game of preseason. Now, Mike, they're only three preseason games, <laughs> but they play 17 home of regular season games. That is, so it didn't quite work out as we already talked about. But yeah, that preseason game is going to lead in, you know, leading out of a practice, a dual practice. So how do you feel? you know, about that coming up here. And I know for myself, I was a part of that. I don't know about you. Um, once you left Carolina, if you did any dual practicing um, meetup with other NFL teams. 
No, I didn't. And I, I came out last week and said, I, you know, I would probably go the way now of Sean McVay and I wouldn't even put my veterans in, in preseason games because, right. we're, we're, because we're playing 17 games. Um, it really just, it, honestly, there's just really no value because you can't control the variables. Sure. And so Bill Belichick started doing this uh, you know, a decade ago, as far as bringing in teams and having these joint practices. And while I can see, while players might may or may not like it because it's just like, wait, this just turns into a game because of the intensity of, of the matchup, yeah. I would say this. I would prefer as a staff, as an organization, and probably as a player, if it was explained to me in the right way, I would rather do the joint practice, okay, in that situation where I'm going to get full one-on-one reps, full game mm-hmm. reps, under a much uh, in, in a much safer environment if it meant that I didn't have to practice as a veteran now, if I, right. it meant I didn't have to play in the preseason game, I would probably happy trade one for the other, but doing yeah. both, I think is a terrible idea. Yeah. I think it's an absolutely it's, terrible idea. I agree hundred percent. It's something that, like you say, it's a double time, double down on getting veterans or players that you depend on hurt. Um, Cause we know that other teams coming in, uh, were you with, uh, was it? Yeah. Were you there when Buffalo came in? No, training uh, camp? I, we... I, I, I was down in Miami and we went and played what we went with the, with the Eagles. Um, NFC East, by the way, I think the Eagles are going to beat the Cowboys. We'll, we'll save that for next week. <laughs> right. Um, but but yep. I, we went and played the Eagles and um, and then we went and uh, we trained with. I want to say we trained with. Uh, oh, we went up and trained with Carolina. Gotcha. So, so it's it's not like I get it and I get why they do it. And I don't think right. it's a bad thing because it does break up the monotony. I think the problem is you're essentially adding a game as far as intensity for a player because that, mm-hmm. that film all of a sudden means a little bit more. So you're adding the game intensity. Now it's in a safer environment, but if you're going to add the game intensity and then make me go play another game, it either turns into like, you know, you got two, let's say you play, a veteran plays two precinct games plus 17. So you got 19 games now. But if you add one or two of these, now it's 20 games. Now it's 21 games because exactly. those practices are all of a sudden, you know, they're going to be a lot more physical, a lot more violent. I've been there. I've seen it firsthand. You've been there. You've seen it firsthand. It's a yep. different vibe when, cause I'm not losing that matchup. Like, Oh, we're going to no. go half speed. Oh, you can go however fast you want. I'm not going to lose. No. So if you got two people that think the way I do, or you do all of a sudden you got a lot of problems and there's a lot of dudes out there that think that way. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I was referring to because I remember uh, the 2000, I can't remember, it was one or two or three season when Buffalo came to us for training camp. And I remember just in my mind, I didn't have no coach tell me. I said, okay, they say half speed. Let me just assume that it's full. You know, no matter what drill we do, it could be a walk-off pace, a walk-on, I mean, a walk-through pace. I'm going to be 100%. I'm Because I'm going to protect myself. I already knew. I'm going to protect myself. Because I don't know these linebackers from Buffalo. I, I know yeah. them, but I don't know them. They're not my teammates that are other side of the locker room where we could talk back and forth to each other. Or I see them on a daily. So I don't know how their mindset is going to come into when we're doing a drill. And I remember seeing a, a, a passing drill, a seven on seven. And it was a guy named Junior Lord. Um, I don't know if you got to know him, but I did. And he ran a slant route. And I think well, I know 100%. I can't remember the position that hit him. But this is seven on seven. You know, seven on seven is usually tap. You tag off, that's it. And he went in the slant route and the ball was over the middle. And that I think I said maybe a linebacker, maybe a strong safety complete, completely depleted him in practice. And it's just like 
of course, then we 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 scrum up and we were, we're pushing and shoving for a little bit. Like, hey, bro, like he literally he knocked the dude out. He knocked Junior out. So it's like, yeah. So what are we doing? Right. Yeah, what, what's going on here? I was like, we got a game on Sunday or Saturday. It's preseason, but you want to do this now? I was like, okay. That's why I was like, all right, let me. My mindset is it's a hundred percent even through a walkthrough. Protect myself, AG. Even though coaches to say, oh, this is just at, at helmet, whatever. I'm like, no, nah, okay, I got you. I, uh, I I got the memo. Um, and so leading into going from that. Uh, so what is the ideal training camp schedule uh, for a player who wants to be great, Mike? Yeah, you know, for for me, I you do have to get it's you do have to get live reps in. I don't think yeah. there's any way around that. Now, by live, I mean I have to be able to be as violent as possible. I don't. That doesn't mean I need to take out your knees or anything, right? You know, it, or it, that doesn't necessarily mean we have to tackle the quarterback to the ground. But it does mean that I need to be able to exhibit some kind of violence at a, at a, at a uh, 95, 99, 100% level at some point during the during that process. You know, so for me, it's really about having a PhD understanding of, of what we're trying to accomplish in the offense and what role I play in there. Mm-hmm. Right. It For me, it's about being as technically sound as I possibly can. So I make the best decisions possible and then creating safe environments for us to go live. When I say safe, as safe as we can make them for us to go live so that we're hitting week one physically in the best shape we could possibly be in, not banged up, not, mm-hmm. not suffering from a sore shoulder or bad or, you know, busting my hand or anything, but it's physically in, in as good a condition as we can be in feeling mentally, emotionally, physically, cognitively, all of those things, feeling like I'm ready to go compete for what is a very, very long season and postseason. Yeah. It's on, it's, and it's on the coaches to, you know, like you said, set it up. The drills, they plan out the drills, how we're going to go one-on-one with the D-line, how we're going to go with one-on-line and the D-line and the linebackers. So the linebackers know, can learn and understand the pace that we're going at so we can save our bodies for the preseason game. And that's just a conversation. you got to have that conversation because mm-hmm. if you don't have that conversation, then you're, like I mentioned, with the Buffalo Bills or any team coming into a practice like the Saints are coming in this August. If you don't have that conversation, you know, Mike LaFleur doesn't talk to um, I can't think of the head coach for the Saints right now, but talk, you know, you don't talk to the head coach of the Saints saying, hey, this is how day one practice is going to be. This is day two. We got to have that knowledge. So then we know this is going to be more of teaching, you know, type of space, because like you said, don't want to, you know, double down on health. And it's all about, you know, making sure players are, are healthy come the games that do. But but they're not going to teach. Better. That's kind of the point, though, right? Like they're not they're not coming. They're not flying up here to teach. Right. Flying up here to compete. And and like we get it. Everybody gets it. Yeah. But but you there has to be a push pull. Like in other words, you can't say you're gonna compete on Tuesday and Wednesday and then say, Oh, and by the way, you have to play on Cider. Like it that is that's just three games. Yeah. You can call whatever you want because if I'm only gonna play a half on Saturday and you got me in a two hour practice on, on Tuesday and Wednesday, that's the same damn thing. And we know coaches will do that's exactly what they do. And we know coaches will slide that in on us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they go, oh, yeah. Hey, listen, go out there, protect yourselves. And they always act like, they always act like, oh, we didn't really want to do this, but like somebody made us. Like, no, dude, you, you did this and it's okay, but then we don't need to play in the game. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not stepping we're, up. We're playing right now. This is what a game looks like. Right. Right. If, if you yeah. do it right. If you do it right. Correct. And because I remember those practices where I'm like, this didn't took off some years. You know, right? Like this is this felt. I'm like this felt like a regular season game, and this That's is going exactly against it. our own guys. So you know, from all you know, so it's like okay, all right. So yeah, you have to be mindful of that as a player. That's how we know as we you know take care of recovery. 
make sure you do what you need to get rest and and, and rejuvenate your body for the next thing. Because sometimes the coaches, they start one thing and just like, you know what, let's see where this goes. And, exactly. Uh, and they just let it out that, you know, let it go about it that way. So let's head into a trench warfare, Mike. And uh, see here, you want to break down the boys roster, the Packers D-line roster, because they've had a lot of additions for the offseason here. They just added Chris Slayton that has been a kind of a journeyman around the league, was at the I think the, the 49ers just recently. Now he just got picked up off waiver waivers. So they got a full house. They got about 11 D linemen right now between the nose tackle and the defensive ends, right and left sides to uh, fill up the roster. And, fill, and obviously this is training camp roster getting ready for inventory. Yeah. But then you got, you actually have some good players. Actually, as we know, the players that are already there, but then also good players that they picked up um, from free agency. Well, listen, Dean Lowry had a great year last year. And so let's just, well, let's start with saying Kenny Clark's one of the top defensive yep. tackles in the league. I know he's not, he's not Aaron Donald, but he's probably in the next tier of guys. So yep. he's a star. Um, Dean Lowry had a great year. And, he did. But, but you also, with Dean, you, you always have to go, like, is that his ceiling? Right? Right. And if, like, and what if, more if, is there for him? Right, right. Is, is there more there for him? Or is it like why it's going to take over for a Dean Lowry? Because – I'll be honest with you. Like I've watched Jaron Jaron Reed play, and he's not a great pass rusher or anything. He played with the Chiefs last year. Like the kid can fill up space. Yes, and he, he can. and he's and he's a kid that can get snap. Like he'll play a lot. Like he can play a lot of snap. The way he plays ball, he can play a lot of snaps because mm-hmm. he's not going to get pushed around that much. He's not going to create a lot of like you know. He's not a great pass rusher by any means, but he, he's one of those guys who can just eat up snaps, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you can spell him with Wyatt, who can, who's got a little wiggle to him. He's got some unnatural movement to him that's going to, I think translate well even though he didn't have a lot of numbers mm-hmm. at the college level i think is not i think his style of play will translate well at the at the professional level especially when we get some good coaching and works with guys like kenny so you have some guy i mean right there you have four guys that i think could play then we, we could talk about you know slayton's played in this before he's a journey there's a reason he's a journeyman mm-hmm. um but jack heflin you know I, is he going to be back I don't know. He didn't, you know, he didn't, you didn't see a ton of, a, a ton of action from him last year. And then we got some guys, we got, uh, um, Putatau, uh, or uh, Pututu, Pututau, yeah. Pututau. We got John, we got John Putu, Ford. Pututau. Yeah, there Pututau, you go. Sorry. And then we got Byers. Yeah. Those guys, I'm not, I think you need to have honestly, a, probably a, a five, hopefully a six man rotation, a defensive tackle. If you're going to play, if your base defense yeah. is going to be a three, four, you have to have six guys that can flat out play. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, six is ideal. Five is, is necessary. Yeah. I think we have five guys, honestly, you, you assume, you assume why I could play. I, I just wonder if in a cap move or something like that, they look at as good as Dean Lowry played. Do you look at it and go, well, we could probably save four or 5 million right here. Right. right, just dropping yeah. Wyatt, or you know, so we like the, with what we have around him. You know, they're going to try to find a way to to get the uh, Quay on on the field. Um, and now mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you have inside linebacker problem because Chris Barnes is a good player, and so it was like, where are we going to yeah. fit these guys in? So we want to keep that four backer look, but really, realistically, like we don't can't really use it that much because not a lot of de- offenses are playing in like twenty one or twelve personnel that often. No. So it, it'd just be interesting to see what happens there. I, I don't know how you see that, but I, I think Dean Lowry was a great player for us. I just wonder if they're looking at Wyatt as like his eventual successor. Right. No, I'm 100% with D, um, him having a good year. And then progressively since he has gotten here from Northwestern, has gotten better mm-hmm. and consistent every year. But he hasn't had that breakout year where 
like, oh, wait a minute, the the left end over on the right, that part of the uh, Packers defense, he's that guy, you know, yeah. like a Rashard Gary had last year. And then Preston Smith had the first year he came in and then Killian Clark every year over here. That's why he's a pro bowler. But he is a consistent vet. And with that, with that uh, background and his, uh, I say, gain and trust of the coaches, that's going to keep him at this other position. And he's a hard worker. I think he's one of the he's one of those grinders that you're not going to pull him out of that spot. You got to yeah. beat him straight up as a teammate, you know. And one of the things you say about uh, about him is the style of play that he has because he got a lot of pressure on quarterbacks last year just with a bull rush and a stutter yep. bull. And just because you play that style, what does that do from an offensive line standpoint? That means I can't go double Rashad Gary. Right. right? Because right. All, of, all of a sudden my guard's getting stuck. And really as – I mean, we'd all love to have Aaron Donald on our team or another Kenny yeah. Clark. Of course. But realistically, <laughs> with that second guy – if you can ensure that he can take both the center and the guard and occupy them so you can, so the tackle has to play on his own, or he can beat the guard in the A-gap, or excuse me, the center in the A-gap if the guard leaves too early. Mm-hmm. If you have a guy that can do that, which he's shown to do, you know, it, you really don't need to look for you don't need to look elsewhere. You know, right. Devontae White is Devontae White is a luxury item in that we didn't yeah. need him, but he was there and he's talented enough to go. Okay, he might turn into something really special, so let's take him. You know, but like yep. that's why a lot of people had palms up when they got him, not because he wasn't talented or he didn't deserve to be picked in that spot, but because like we didn't really need him because of the talent that we already have there and what that role really asks for. But he might in a nickel, he might be the difference in the nickel package where it's like, oh shoot, we can't just double Kenny anymore because this kid's got some wiggle to him and we got some real problems. Right. I mean, you look at him. You see, uh, you take the the eye look, the candy eye candy look. They're the same size. He's a same size as Kenny Clark, six yeah. three three fifteen. You know, Kenny Clark six three three fourteen. So it it passes that. And then for uh, like you say, rotation standpoint, then you put an extra body. You put you got a body in there. Just don't know the talent wise. You know, he played at Georgia Tech. They were a great team last year. Uh, they did some big things. They've been doing some things over the years. And he's been part. He's been a part of that defense that was down in Georgia. So. Bring him in, but now it's just like anything else. When a player gets drafted, where are they going to still be that same player we drafted you know, right. in the draft? So that's the biggest question mark. And I think having that room to where they have it now, having 11 guys in there to, to compete against one another, that's what eventually is going to settle out come the end of training camp going into the regular season. Love it. So, all right. So let's uh, get to our get off my lawn. We got some serious topics here, man, and something hitting close to home to you. Cause it's not far from you. You know, you're down in Austin, Texas. And I dealt with this uh, topic. I, I talked about it on my podcast last Wednesday. And because I talked about it on the podcast, because when the shooting that happened in Buffalo, which was three weeks ago now, prior to this one, the department of justice was blaming this on video games. And it was like, huh, Oh, um, here we go again. Right. <laughs> right. It was like, no, nah. I was like, I heard this when I was a kid in the nineties playing video games. I'm like, and the video games are nowhere near, what the graphics and what it looks like now. And you're trying to, you try to do that then. So now you're trying to come back to this when we both know it's not that. The association as as, as adults. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's funny. One of my friends, I talked to this, I was, I was very, very, you know, usually this stuff, you know, it's kind of in another state and you, you you, you always feel awful. Right. Right. But since, but but there's a number of things that have happened since I moved to Texas, this being the latest school shooting, We've got, we both, you know, you, you had kids in school. I have kids in school. Right. Um, and, and 
the the discussion on gun violence, the, the discussion on on making making it more difficult to have access to guns, making the uh, the grace period or having a grace period or having a, a national a nationally regulated grace period, so it's not state to state. I mean, all of these things. It's 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 very. This one is was very very tough because it, it does hit really really close to home because we we're just like i'm in that era of my life where i've got nieces and nephews that are going to elementary school my kids right. in middle and high school and gosh man the the tough the tough part about it is for me it like to, to your point you know, people start pointing to oh well it's it's the video games no it's not the video games oh right. um you know one of the worst human beings, Ted Cruz is one of the worst human beings on the planet. I, this isn't a political show, but the way that the way that he ducks and dives because he's supported by the NRA. Right. Of, of, oh, we just need to have one way into the school and one way out. Well, OK, that's not realistic. No. It's not realistic to funnel 2000 kids or whatever the number is into one door. And that, you know, quite frankly, that makes, you know, it, that these, makes no sense these, to me. These conversations that, that, that we're having. Right. You know, because and because our our country has become so you know, the pendulum has swung so far to the right and to the left that we can't come to an agreement that an 18 year old with with mental health issues, with depression, with has been bullied, whatever, whatever reason, an 18 year old can walk into a gun store for his birthday and buy two AR-15s that day. <laughs> are you kidding? Me? I mean, where right. are we living that we could say and, you know, you get on these these conversations and people say, oh, you're violating my rights. Let me just I, listen. I don't want to get into constitutional rights, but I can promise you when our forefathers were writing the Second Amendment, it was in response to the occupancy of the American colonies by the British soldiers. OK, it was not because an 18 year old felt bad at school. That was not the reason that we had gun that we had the right to bear arms. Mm -hmm. So like, we need to be really have a really honest discussion in this country about compromise about logic you know and yeah. just take some of this politics out of this man because what's even there's nothing worse than what happened over at Uvalde but right. what is what is disgustingly apparent now is that instead of doing the right thing our politicians who don't have most of them don't even have term limits like they can just sit there and be in the house of representatives for the rest of their lives correct we don't have a system where we could say, if you're not going to do something for us, we are going to get you out because the way that we've drawn up districts and the way mm -hmm. that we, and the way that we've politicized these things so that we can't even bring up a bill that makes sense on the right and agree with it on the left or a bill that makes sense on the left and agree with it on the right. And now it is, we're, we are the laughing stock of the, of the free world right now. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah. it's just so it is so sad, man. Like, when are we going to learn? And we're not even getting into how this affects different, you know, the relationships between different ethnic groups, the relationships Correct. between different, um, uh, uh mon mean, you know, monetary levels. Correct. Yeah. You know, levels of education, levels. Sta you yep. know, status levels. I mean, it's, it's, what are we doing? What are we yeah. doing to each other? This is so sad. Yeah, it is it, something to where everything that should be done the right way is right there. It's not simple. It's not rocket science. But what you're referring to is all the bureaucracy that then creates all the red tape because 
we're not going to pass this law because whatever. If it's the right, you say left or right. And it's like, wait a minute. I'm like, I mean, I'm, I mean, it's like, okay, what's the, why, why is there a debate? It's lives lost. There has to be, a, right. there has to be a debate, right? There has to be a debate because there's are, there are different opinions, but right. if, but I guess what I, I guess my thing is like, if you aren't voting and you, and if we, as, cause this is the system that we have. Yes. Right. We have, and unfortunately we have a two party system right now. Three, if you count the independents. Mm-hmm. But if you are not voting to hold your representatives accountable for their actions, then then the system needs to be overhauled. Because True. you know, because and we could talk about any number of things, and now affecting our elementary school children, right? And and, and for reasons that are just completely unnecessary, but we don't hold anybody accountable. Yeah, that, ultimately, and that's the ultimately problem. we're not holding people accountable, EG. It's, it's sad, man. That, that's our that, job as a citizen. That's exactly, that's it. I mean, it's just accountability. You know, for the people that can't change rules or set laws, it's your, you're accountable for, you know, to change that and make it right. Because for the, you know, to avoid, to have these not happen, have these situations not happen. You know, so that is where it all lies. For whoever is the shot caller, as we say, in the, in the locker room, right now, you're on, you're on the, the spotlight is on you to fix it and whoever that is or a group of people we know it's a group of people that make that decision to change laws to change whatever that needs to be changed for this to continue to stop happening here and definitely here in america but definitely all over the world because it's something obviously and you just made a you just made a great point man that that as athletes we do we do have a voice because you have people to follow you Yep. You have you do have a voice now. Social media has given you a voice. The media has given you a voice. Your your ability to play basketball, your ability to play football, what it has given you a voice. Use your voice. Yep. Right? We have to like we have a responsibility now. We always have, but it seems more real now, doesn't it? Like yep. these these young these young men and women have a responsibility <clears throat> to use their platform to just Fight injustice where it lies. And if it's because we're, if I always go, I just always go back to like, if we are not using our votes to hold our, our representatives accountable because they're not making laws that help mm-hmm. enforce these things, then we need to make everyone aware of that. And I, I just wanted to end with that. Mike. I think that's a good point you make. Like we, we sometimes will sit here and we'll talk about this stuff. And, you know, I, I wasn't nearly as active as I should have been when I was playing. Right. And you don't have that platform as much when you're not playing. But I will say this, like, and you don't want to burden people with that. But to some extent, man, if you've got a million followers on social media, man, you have a platform, you have a voice. Don't just use it to get more followers. Right. You know, use it to yep. use it to make, make help make some change, man. Because this is some, this is a sad state we're in. Yeah, it's very. And sad a lot state. of guys are doing it, right? A lot of people. Some are. Some are. Women are doing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. A lot of people out there. A lot of professional athletes in America, around the world, are, are when something comes up like this, they're they're speaking their mind. And they're actually asking and telling the people that are in charge, hey, you need to do this because I'm doing this. Now it's your turn. Um, so we'll turn, uh, go to the next subject here. We're, for me, you know, a little lighter, a little different, a little lighter. It's changed the tone a little bit. We got um, my man, we got the old guys versus old you know, new guys, where they put it into the the catchphrase of Tom Brady versus and, and Aaron Rodgers versus uh, Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes in a golf match. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, uh the only redeeming quality here is I think Charles Barkley's doing the play by play. That's the only great part. 
And it's, you know, and the part they bring up so far that I've read on it, obviously, because they're not pro golfers. They, they, they're scratch golfers. They join an event because of obviously who they are and what they've done. Um, it's the trash talking, you know, between them. And, and what was interesting, I read an article about Aaron and he, you know, they interviewed him about, not about Aaron, but him talking about how the trash talk is going to be. And to him, he said, it's not going to really be that much. He said, for him, I don't really think the young guys even know how to trash talk. No. And to his point, I kind of agree because we knew how to trash talk. Like we know how to get between getting to make you sweat and then making you feel like, oh, he just he just hurt my feeling. Like that was something that y'all were great at <laughs> in our life. I think room, the, I think Tom the I think Tom Brady, I think Tom Brady could tear your heart out with his with his for sure with his with his words. I think he's between- I think he could probably do that. Yeah, let me let me get in my my computer here off to the side. Real I know quick. Aaron Rodgers yeah. called Patrick Mahomes Kermit the Frog at one point, which yeah, I mean just right it's, there. What's he gonna? What do you come back with? Like, oh man, Heidi ho, <laughs> you know? It's like right. I mean, they got so much. These older players got so much to grab because younger players, to be honest, they're sensitive. Yeah, and if you say something that will be the obvious safe thing to do. And that's what, like I said, my guys, you guys, you, Marco, Flanny, Tausch, KB, y'all knew. It was like y'all were taking, y'all was researching guys on Google or y'all knew their background and y'all would find that, that, that switch to hit, that button to hit. And no, that's what, that was the beauty of it. I promise you. Well, actually we had one guy. That was the beauty of it. Because he doesn't worth, he's not, he's, He's not worth being named, but we had one guy who would go home and, and write. He would write comebacks with his wife, and we, we. But unfortunately, his wife his wife told somebody else's wife, so we found out, and that was the end of him. It was. Oh, so that's not good. Yeah, no, that's a problem. You gotta. Yeah. It, this this thing's for fun. I'm sure it's for charity. Listen, I I'll, I won't yeah. watch it. I don't care at all. But uh, I yeah, I do. I listen. Anytime an old two old heads can talk trash to two young guys, I think there's nothing wrong with that. No, it ain't nothing wrong with that because it, it it brings them to a place of humbleness and it settles them because everybody's telling them, obviously, they're hearing what they're hearing. They're hearing what we know, you know, between Pat and Josh, you know, the second coming and first coming of this, which they are. But as players, amongst us players, when it's just us, when we're not cameras rolling, when we're not on a podcast, we know how those conversations go. It, once we really know who they are and we'll say stuff, just to kind of push them, give them an edge, give them something, you know, check their oil. That's what we're doing. We're checking their oil. <laughs> and for me, it's like, oh, wow. I'm just surprised. I'm just, I'm just bringing this on because check their oil. it's actually, it. it's effort. There's ESPN coverage. It's whatever channel it's on. Karen, was it ABC carrying this? Yeah. This, this is not, this is not the 30, the 30 case of, uh, Natty Light and uh, the golf right. cart in Wisconsin that we used to do this. We did the same thing without cameras and a case of right. Natty Light. This is how I'm Flanagan like, gashed open his nose, as I recall. I don't know if you were. Oh my that goodness! One, but I'm like, so I said, I guess, had, I guess you got to be. We had be, some good times on the golf course. Oh, I, I've heard about those good times. I said, so for this, for them, you know, I guess you got to be a super win. Well, the only one that doesn't have a Super Bowl is Josh Allen, so that's going to get talked about. Now that, that'll be a one a nail that drove in the drive into the coffin in terms of trash talking there. So I'm like, that's why I'm bringing it up. Like, come on, get off my line with this, uh, this entertainment. Like I said, I hope it's for a good charity. Hope all you know, all that a lot, a ton of money's raised for that, and uh, go from there. But uh, we know this will probably be some uh, an annual thing so far moving up. So, 
Uh, I think we're wrapping up. We're at the end of this show. So, Mike, man, thank you for doing this again. Um, you know, great, great conversation talking about what we need to talk about in terms of NFC, what the Packers going to do, the pickups they've had, and obviously the stuff, the tragedy down there in Euclid, Texas, and where we're going to go from here. Um, we're going to keep definitely keep the ball rolling on our podcast or on my blog podcast. We'll be back with another episode. I catch my guy, Amon Green, 30 on Twitter and Instagram. Mike Wall, 68 on Twitter, process to perform on Instagram. AG, always a pleasure, my brother. All right, Mike. Uh, catch you next week. Determination comes in many forms, but always starts with a Dunkin' Run. So take your medium or larger coffee in one hand and grab a dollar donut in the other. No matter how you run, Dunkin' Run. A one dollar donut with any medium or larger coffee. Excludes specialty donuts and fancies. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead, so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.